Well, church, it's an absolute delight for me right now. Uh, Pastor Corey Turner has been ministering uh, over the last couple of nights for us, and it's been phenomenal. Uh, for those of you who are uh, just here today for the first time, you haven't heard him before, uh, Pastor Corey uh, has done a whole stack of things in the kingdom of God. He's right now with his wife, Simone, pastoring what's known as Numa Church, a multi, multi-site uh, global movement of churches, uh, a church that's right now experiencing a significant revival move of the Holy Spirit that's supernatural, a response of God to prayer and hunger and an outpouring on their church that's been, uh, that's kind of uh, echoed, the, the influence of that is going internationally and people are flying in to be part of that. Uh, Pastor Corey's planted churches. He's traveled as an itinerant preacher and prophet for uh, many years. But right now, this church, which is the oldest Pentecostal church in Australia, uh, is the the one that they're giving their leadership to. He's part of the Australian Christian Churches, formerly AOG, National Executive. And uh, he he has a a great, so many gifts uh, of impartation. But I just, I love for him, there's there's an incredible humility. uh, And he carries an ability to hear God clearly, to communicate the gospel and and the the truth around faith and revival really powerfully. He is a revival carrier. And I'm so glad that he's here today because I I believe that just from his time with us, there's impartation, uh, the fires are started in individuals and in our church. And so I want us to put our hands together and welcome a wonderful man of God, Pastor Corey Turner. Thank you so much. How's everyone doing? Sometimes you have introductions, you're like, who the heck is he talking about? Isn't it good that it's all not on our shoulders and our strength to see God move in people's lives? Hey, it is such an honor to be here and for everyone online and here in, at, at uh, this location, thank you so much for your love, your hospitality. You've really embraced us as family. We feel like we're at home and I just want to give massive honor to Pastor John, Pastor Danielle and the team. I honor you guys. I love your spirit. I just, you know, there's so much that just resonates. And uh, today I know that God is going to speak into our hearts and lives. Um, Why don't we just close our eyes, lift our hands wherever you are right now, watching online or in the room. I just want to invite you to open up your heart to the Lord. Father, we just thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that's here right now. We thank you, Lord, that you've been moving all weekend. And Father, we see the fruit, we see the testimonies, we see the stories, and we thank you that the good work that you've started in us, oh God, you are going to bring through to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that as we come around your word now, God, that you would open our ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. I pray, Father, for individuals' personal intimacy with you to deepen and strengthen. I pray, God, for hearts to be transformed, minds to be renewed, lives to be changed, destinies to be altered. And I thank you, Father, for what you're doing at C3 Powerhouse and across the C3 movement through this church and the leadership of the house. Father, we just uh, confer blessing and favor, oh God, upon people's lives. And we say, come Holy Spirit, as you moved last night and the night before, come do it again right now. Come do it again tonight and into the coming weeks, oh God. Let the momentum of revival build 
in this house. Let there be an impartation of the Holy Spirit and a fire. Let the gift of faith, O oh God, be inspired and imparted into our hearts and open our hearts to receive of your Spirit. I pray right now, Lord, for miracles to break out. I pray for sick bodies to be totally healed in Jesus' name. I pray, God, for people watching online to come into a place of renewal, recovery, and restoration, O oh God. I pray, O oh God, for callings and commissionings, O oh God, Lord, to be imparted into people's lives. And God, we give you all the glory, all the honor for your goodness and grace. If you believe it, come on, put your hands together and just honor the Lord today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Why don't you grab a seat? Thank you so much, team. I want to invite you to go with me to John 10, 27. John 10, 27. This morning as I was uh, praying about what to share, uh, the Spirit of God put this verse on my heart, and uh, it's uh, a, a message that's really dear to my heart and is something that's part of my life message that has really profoundly shaped how I do life. And uh, I'm believing that over the next few moments, if you found it difficult to hear the voice of God, that you're going to have such a, an amazing encounter with the Holy Spirit through His Word that maybe for the first time, you're going to hear the voice of God. And because uh, it's one thing to come and receive prophetically from somebody else. It's another thing to actually be equipped in your daily life to hear God's voice. God doesn't just want you to come and hear His voice through um, anointed men and women of God. The Bible says you carry an anointing. If you're a believer in Jesus, you carry an anointing. And if you're not a believer in Jesus yet, you're welcome to the table. You're welcome to be a part of the family of God. And so John 10, 27 is one of my life verses, and Jesus is speaking, and he's, he simply says this, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. How many of us know, you know, why couldn't he say, my lions hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me? He likens us to sheep, and it's all like, can't you think of a better animal? Uh, but there's something about Jesus being the chief shepherd of our soul, and you and I being his sheep that is important for us to understand. And so today, I want to speak to you about hearing God's voice hearing God's voice. Now, many, many years ago, I uh, took a team uh, from our young church that I planted in 2006, led that for seven years, and we went, and all the, 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 all the team, we went to play paintball skirmish. And uh, paintball skirmish is that activity where grown men get to live out uh, childhood fantasies, and as they're playing, they begin to seriously consider paintball skirmish as a career option in life. And, uh, and we're in one of the scenarios uh, in an indoor sort of big warehouse. And uh, my friend on our team, I saw him aim his gun at me and he shot the paintball and the paintball went through my visor and went through my mask and into my left ear. And immediately there was ringing. But being a typical boy, you just keep on playing in Jesus' name. And uh, over the course of the next few hours, 
uh, really realized that uh, I've been injured in my ear. I couldn't hear anything in my left ear. I still have resentment to this day towards my friend. Pray for me. There's uh, a few things that internal healing that needs to take place. Uh, But literally, that was a Saturday. Come Sunday morning, totally blocked in my left ear, couldn't hear anything. I got up to preach that next morning at church. It didn't matter if I preached good or bad. I couldn't hear encouragement or criticism. And so I just gave it a red hot go. I don't know what I said that day. Uh, But I got my PA to take me to the hospital. I received prayer, nothing happened. So when in doubt, go to hospital. And I went to hospital and the specialist looked in my ear and saw that the paint from the paintball had actually hardened around my eardrum and it completely closed it up. And so they were talking about going into surgery. I was talking about going to a different hospital. And so what took place is they got in another specialist and this specialist said, hey, uh, give him these nuclear-powered eardrops three times a day for the next seven days, and the paint will uh, soften and loosen and come out of his ear. And fortunately, five days later, it was a rather disconcerting experience as uh, paint began to leak out of my ear. Uh, When I was in a meeting with someone, I said, I'm so sorry. I don't normally leak like this, but... uh, (laughs) Uh, I've got to go to the bathroom. And, uh, and, uh, and so I was so grateful that all my hearing was restored. I'm believing that this message today is going to be like Holy Ghost eardrops to your heart and your spiritual ears where you are going to begin to hear the voice of God through your life and in your life like never before. You see, just as my friend aimed his gun at me, you need to know the adversary of your soul, Satan, has aimed his target of attack at your spiritual ears. And the reason he has is because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. If he can cripple your ability to hear God's Word, he can actually paralyze your faith from breaking through into the miraculous realm. And so it's a really dangerous place to be when you can't hear God's voice. You're sort of left to depend upon your own humanity. And the worst advice that anyone can give you is just follow your own heart. If you've ever heard that message, that is the single worst advice you could ever receive in your life. Because Jeremiah 17 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? and And God responds back, only I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. If you follow the the inclinations of your heart, you're going to live a life of sure boredom or absolute self-destruction. But the voice of God in your life will save you from a life that's boring. It will save you from boring religion. It will save you from a life of destruction. If your faith in God right now is boring, you're certainly not hearing the voice of God because the voice of God is the most beautiful, wonderful, terrifying voice. It both comforts you and convicts you to live the adventure of faith. I heard a story from a pastor in South Australia who, uh, whose mentor was actually a merchant sailor and was um, due to uh, board the Titanic in 1912. And as he was walking up the plank to the front doors of that boat, the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, don't go. He literally stopped in his tracks, turned around and did not take that voyage. 
Now, did God not love everybody else on that boat? He loved every single person on that boat, but only one person was listening to the voice of the Spirit of God. God loves everyone. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son so that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. The issue isn't does God love or not love. He flat out loves you. The issue is, is anybody listening to His voice in their lives? And so if hearing God is so important in our walk with Him and our intimacy with Him, no wonder the enemy has targeted our capacity to hear His voice. And Satan uses several weapons to attack us and to attack our ability to hear. There are three common strategies. The first strategy to hearing God's voice is the distractions of everyday life. Some of us are so distracted by our iPhones and our iPads, we've got no time for the original Apple product, the great I am. (laughs) It's a Christian joke. Uh, We got no time for the great I am in our lives because we're just so distracted by social media and phone calls and emails and the demands. Now, if you've got a Samsung Galaxy, don't worry, it'll blow up. It's fine. You'll, you'll be all right. But, but the, the research tells us that right now, because we're so connected to our tech devices, that the average attention span for any individual is about eight seconds. True story. Do you realize the average attention span of a goldfish is nine seconds? <laughs> And they're dumb, right? We have less attention span than a goldfish, right? Something is wrong. And so one of the greatest things that you can do every day of your life to hear God's voice is actually turn it off. Just disconnect at least once a day and distance yourself from it. Be still and know that He is God. Not only that, but the second strategy of the enemy are the opinions of people around us. Now, I praise God for godly counsel. I'm not talking about that now. I'm talking about the unsanctified fleshly opinions of people who who maybe not necessarily hungry for God and not discerning the voice of God, but think they know what's best for your life. I heard someone say once, opinions are like armpits. Everyone's got one and most of them stink. And, and, and I think there's some truth to that. Uh, and, and so you and I have got to uh, respond to the question that God spoke through the prophet Elijah in 2 Kings, where God says, how long will you go, Israel, limping between two different opinions? When you try and, and, and get into people approval, the fear of man, you try to please the opinions of people, you will limp along in your Christian faith. You will limp along in your spirit. But when you get a revelation of God's perspective, God's word, God's revelation in your life, you won't limp along. You'll actually flourish, be fruitful, move forward in faith. Not only that, but the other strategy is the lies of deception we believe about God and ourselves. I so loved our testimony this morning because it was um, not only God glorifying of what God has done in in a a person's life, a family's life, totally altered the destiny of that family, but it also gives us insight into the power of deception in our minds and hearts that can blind us and cripple us to the beauty and reality of Jesus Christ. You just need to know today that Satan is the father of lies. 
His strategy is to plant seeds of doubt about God and what God is saying in your life. We know that because his strategy is as ancient as the creation account in Genesis 3, where the serpent comes and says, did God really say? How many times have you had a word, a promise, or something, you know, God speak to you, and an amazing encounter at nights of fire or conference or something, and the enemy comes on Monday morning, did God really do that? Did God really say that? And so that's why the Bible says in 1 John 4, 1, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Some things that we're entertaining right now in our minds and hearts is not actually of the Spirit of God, but of maybe generational lies of deception that we've come to equate as truth, and the Lord wants to set you free from that today. Biblically, there can only ever be one of three voices speaking to you at any one time. Now, if a psychiatrist was teaching today, they'd probably say, if you're hearing any voices, book an appointment with me. But um, the Bible reveals there can only be one of three voices at any one time. The first voice is obviously the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that voice is characterized by life. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, life in all of its abundance, life in all of its fullness. Even when the Holy Spirit corrects you, admonishes you, and rebukes you, it's to produce the fruit of life inside of you. God does not correct you to punish you, but to actually mature you to become more Christ-like. The second voice is the voice of the enemy, the demonic, uh, uh, the adversary, and that voice is characterized by lies. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so when the enemy speaks, even if it's appeasing to our flesh, it's to actually lure us into a place of entrapment and bondage in our lives to steal, kill, and destroy the goodness of God at work in our hearts. The third voice is the easiest voice to discern because that's the voice of your flesh. And that voice is characterized by laziness. That's the voice that woke up this morning and said, can I just sleep in a little bit longer? That's the voice that says, don't give in to the offering today. You've given enough. That's the voice that says, eat one more hot jam donut. Thank you, Jesus. That's the voice that, 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 that ignores your conscience and ignores uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit into what's best for you and actually begins to serve yourself. How do you discern between the three voices? Well, in Jesus' conversation with the Jews in the temple, he begins to talk about the characteristics of his people, people that are in relationship with him, people that are sons and daughters of God, people that are followers of Jesus. And he says, firstly, my sheep hear my voice. Now, you need to understand that is a promise to believe. You don't need to hype it up. You don't need to try and manufacture it. But if you are a son and daughter of God, a believer in Jesus, and even if you aren't yet, you will be in Jesus' name, right? You need to come into agreement with Jesus' words. How many of us know Jesus can't lie? He's the way, the truth, and the life. He says, you will hear His voice. And so that word, here occurs 1,300 times in the Bible. 
One of the principles of interpreting Scripture is that if the word or a phrase is repeated many times, it's like God saying, hey, heads up, I'm trying to get your attention. 1,300 times. God wants to speak to you even more than you want to hear from Him. And what you hear and what you do with what you hear determines the fruit of your life. I find it fascinating. How is it that two people listening to the same word preached, the same service, could be on the same row, can produce two different types of fruit? Maybe one tenfold, maybe one hundredfold, maybe zerofold, maybe a thousandfold. Why is that? It's not based upon the word. The word works. The seed, the sperma of God, literally is what it means. The seed, it has the ability to conceive in your spirit that which God sends it out to perform. What did God say? My word shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I send it out to perform. The word works. Why then are they, do, do, do people produce two different types of fruit? Because it's not dependent upon the word as it is determined by the condition of your heart that you receive the word in. That's why the parable of the sower is all about the seed that produces fruit is determined by the condition of the soil of your heart. And we can hear the same word, but go out and produce two different types of fruit. Maybe there's hardness of heart. Maybe there's sin that's blocking our capacity to produce fruit. Maybe there's attitude, a bit of tood that sort of gets in the way of what God wants to do. And I remember, you know, traveling around, as Pastor John said, and ministering, and we were in Calcutta, India, ministering. And we went to Mother Teresa's um, ministry center in downtown Calcutta. And there was, a, after she passed away, saw her tombstone grave site. They were holding mass in this room where she was buried. A little bit weird, but uh, we were there. And, uh, but amazing presence of God. And uh, we went for a tour and I saw this picture of Mother Teresa in the morning sunlight with a Bible open on this concrete floor. And underneath it says, Mother Teresa, what do you do when you pray? And she said, I listen. I heard someone say once, listen or your tongue will keep you deaf. Maybe we need to adjust our prayer lives from talking to listening. Because something tells me that maybe the Spirit of God has more to say to us about what we need to do and adjust in our lives and what we need to say to Him. We need a paradigm shift from talking to listening. God cares. If you've got 10 minutes of prayer, I'd encourage you to worship for eight minutes, you know, and, and listen for eight minutes and then petition for two minutes. Because the Lord wants you to get to the point quickly. He knows what you need, right? If you've got an hour, listen in worship for a whole period of time and for the last 10 minutes, petition. Because God's got more to say to you than you've got to, to say to Him. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where you thought you were going to have a dialogue, but it actually turned into their monologue? Have you, have you ever been, am I the only person that's suffered through this, all right? And so you'll, you'll be in a conversation, you go to a cafe, you have latte, and they end up talking the entire time. I remember riding my uh, bicycle down at Beach Road in Melbourne with, with an acquaintance one day, and for three hours, he talked nonstop. True story, right? 
Couldn't get a word in. So, uh, you know, began to tell me about he, he lost his marriage and I sort of tried to jump in. Well, you could. And he'd talk over the top of me. And, and, uh, and then he, he'd say, you know, I've got problems with my kids. Well, what about? And he'd talk over the top of me. And then he's got issues in his business. Well, well you could talk. And he'd talk over the top of me. So I decided I'm going to try and tire this guy out. So I'm riding faster, right? He's still talking. <laughs> then we go up a hill. He's still talking. I wanted to ride myself into a brick wall to put myself out of misery because this dude, he's just, he won't stop talking. I couldn't help him. And, and as I'm pondering this and getting frustrated, the Spirit of God says to me, Corey, that's sometimes like how I feel about you. Don't you hate it when God uses stuff in your life to preach to you? How dare he? Who does he think he is? And, 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 and he says, sometimes you come to me and you've got, uh, you know, a couple of hours and all you do is tell me all your problems and all your shopping list of things. And, and, and that's sometimes how I, I feel with you. It's so important that you understand that it's not like God doesn't know what's going on in your life. It's not like you tell him and you cry and I'm so, Lord, don't you know what's going on? And he's like, I had no idea. I, I just... Angel with the mangy wing, why didn't you tell me what was going on in his life? You know, and then we, we, we come up with these beautiful revelations. And it's not like, God, get me my moleskin journal. Let me start writing notes. This is powerful. No, God, God wants to say more to you than you want to say to him. My sheep hear my Voice When Solomon asked God for wisdom to lead Israel in the Hebrew Shama, it, he literally was asking, God, give me the ability to hear your voice. Because wisdom is connected to the voices that you're listening to. So he says, my sheep hear my voice. Then he goes on and he says, and I know them. What is that? It implies a lifestyle of intimate relationship. I know them. You know, back in the day, talking about old school, I love it, old school worship songs. We used to sing all those songs. I grew up in the Salvation Army, and we used to sing some pretty crazy songs in the songbook. There was one song, God of Concrete, God of Steel. God of Piston and of Wheel. True story, right? I'm really not sure God was in concrete and steel. But anyway, the songs we used to sing, right? So back in the day... When, when things weren't digital and electronic, bank tellers used to, uh, you know, discern counterfeit dollar bills by actually, not by studying all the different ways that you could forge a dollar bill, but by becoming so familiar with the authentic and the genuine that the moment that they uh, saw uh, a dollar bill that was counterfeit forged, they would discern truth from error immediately. See, how do you discern between the voices and truth and error? You spend so much time with the way, the truth, and the life that you come to cultivate a voice recognition that you can discern, no, that is a lie of the enemy. That is of the flesh. That is not of the Word. That is not of the Spirit of God at work in my life. The problem is we sort of want uh, an encounter with God, God to speak to us like we order fast food takeaway at McDonald's. 
And so we pull into the, the, the metaphorical, you know, car park at the, the C3 Powerhouse Spiritual Restaurant on a Sunday morning, and we want to order off the spiritual menu and get a quick sort of takeaway uh, delivery. And so we're like, Lord, today I want a two-song hamburger. I'm busy. I've got stuff that I've got to do. Uh, so get it to me quick. And definitely none of that free worship where they sing in the spirit. It's a bit weird. And uh, we don't want that. And let's let's particularly have communion today because it's like a mid-service snack. It's a pick-me-up. And let's replace the, the, the bicky and the juice with a bit of Mars bar and Coke in Jesus' name. And, and uh, you know, let, let, let's, let's, let's get the preaching today. Can it be a, just a, a five-minute devotional thought that sort of reinforces and makes me feel good about my dysfunction? No convicting preaching today, please. Nothing that challenges me. And when it comes to the offering, can I have a discounted Happy Meal today and a discounted spiritual experience? And can I just tip God and, you know, just sort of go through the motions and, and not really have to share my life with anyone in the lobby and in the foyer with, with fellowship and, and not open up about what's really going on, but just consume spiritual goods and services and take my Happy Meal with me, and we wonder why we don't hear from God. It's because we've bought into the lie of the culture that everything's got to be at your service, convenient, customized, quick, and cheap, and nasty. There is no such thing as drive-through breakthroughs. There are only breakthroughs that come as you walk with Jesus, as you talk with Jesus, as you be still and know that He is God, as you spend time in His presence. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them but there's one more part of this that Jesus said, and he said, and they follow me. What's that about? That's about a having a heart to obey what you've heard. It's one thing to hear it. James says, don't just hear the word, but obey it. Do it. A heart to obey. Most believers are more educated than they are obedient We hear so much teaching, so much information, so much inspiration that we've become like the, the, the Athenians in the court of Oropicus where we just are stimulated and, and, and entertained by a new message, a new revelation, but do we ever actually put anything into action? If you took 10% away, 1% away of what you've heard today and apply it in your life, <coughs> your life will change. We cannot just get inspired and it stay there. We have to do something about it. We hear more than we put into action. Think about this. The apostle Peter, disciple Peter, when Jesus was walking out uh, uh, on the water, defying the laws of gravity, Peter stepped out of a perfectly working boat and defied the laws of gravity, walking on top of the water based on one word from Jesus. Peter says, if that's you, Jesus, bid me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And one word collided with Peter's faith, and he began to walk on top of the water. Now, if that was you and I, we'd be in the boat. We're like, is there a water walking conference I can go to? <laughs> I mean, where is the water walking school of ministry that I can spend the next year 
or two years or three years? Is there a water walking textbook? Is there a water walking university? And we would go and we would sit under that anointing. And then we would all finally go, you know what? I reckon I should step out of the boat and walk on water. Jesus did not say greater knowledge than this will you know. He said, greater works than these will you do. Knowledge must transfer to action. Action, action, action. A heart to obey. And what a greater works lifestyle requires of you and I is to step out on a 10 cent whisper from heaven. This is what I've discovered about the voice of God and revelation in his word. If you're waiting for a $100 spectacular burning bush encounter like Moses had, you could be waiting 40 years, like Moses did. You could be waiting a really long time. But the the whispers of heaven heaven happen every day. I've learned to be faithful with the 10-cent slither of illuminated voice of God and step out. And this is what happens. As you step out in faith, the revelation, the clarity compounds with interest. And so you may not get the fullness of the, the word for someone or a situation in your life, but you step out in faith as you discern it and journeying with the Holy Spirit. And what happens is it's like God's word in you deepens. And you move from the shallow end to the deeper end. It compounds with interest because it all comes back to your faith. Even Paul said in Romans, you prophesy in proportion to your faith. And so if your faith is only little, be faithful with that. Step out, it'll grow. It'll compound with interest. When we needed $100,000 to fit out our church facility back in 2008, uh, my wife and I, we, we didn't have that money. My wife and I were in prayer in our house. And after two hours of seeking God, the Lord said to me, and sometimes you've got to wait on the Lord until you get the word. Some of us don't wait long enough and we, we sort of prematurely step out. But if you can get the word, you can get the miracle, right? And the Spirit of God said to me, little whisper, I want you to run from Sydney to Melbourne to raise the money. That is from the pit of hell in Jesus' name. Uh, that's the voice of Satan right there, I tell you that, right? And, uh, and, and I'm like, what is this ridiculous thought? And the whisper kept coming. Another two hours later, I developed the whole strategy for our team, what we could do, and, uh, and, and God spoke. And I went to the team the next day and I said, this is how we're going to raise $100,000. I'm going to run from Sydney to Melbourne. And they all started laughing. It's very hurtful. What don't you think I can do this? You know, like, and then and then they're like, oh, Pastor, this you're going to be awesome. We'll stay here and cheer you on. And uh, and so you know, they weren't laughing when three months later and two weeks later we ran out from uh, the morning service at Hillsong Church. Darlene check prayed for me, laid her hand upon my shoulder. I haven't washed that shoulder for the last ten years. <laughs> and, and and two weeks later we raised a hundred and sixty thousand dollars from sponsors and and it was more than sponsors and raising money it was a prophetic declaration of what was taking place in our nation at that time and so I want to say to you you God may not ask you please God don't ask him God may not ask you to run from the sunny coast right to the top of Australia he might not ask you to do that 
He might ask Pastor John, but it's a... <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying is, if you can be faithful with the 10 cent whisper, watch what God does in your life. You see, at the end of the day, hearing God's voice is about voice recognition. And voice recognition is a byproduct of relationship. When I was a police officer, I worked with a detective who spent two years investigating the shooters, uh, the uh, um, uh, murderers of two Victorian police officers, Gary Silk and Rodney Miller. And he spent two weeks on in shift work and two weeks off listening to the devices that were planted in these offenders' homes, cars, and places of business. And the reason they did that is because they wanted to make sure they gathered enough evidence to make sure that they convicted these two and they went away for good. And so for two years, he listened. He never met them. He never laid eyes on them. But he said to me at that time, all these years later, he said, if they called up and began to speak, I would know the tonality and distinctiveness of their voices so well, so easily, I would know exactly who I was talking to. I remember taking my, my kids to the Royal Melbourne Show amusement park. There was all sorts of bells, whistles, sirens, music, laughter, all sorts of distractions. And for about 20, 30 minutes, we lost our middle son, Zach, in the crowd. He might have been seven or eight at the time. And we lost him in the crowd. And I started to get really desperate, started to panic. And I started to run around. And as his dad, I didn't care what anyone thought about this, but I began to yell his name. Zach, where are you? Zach, where are you? I'm running around for a good 20, 30 minutes. And finally, out of the crowd, my son bursts through with tears in his eyes, runs up to me, wraps his arms around me. And the first words out of his mouth was, Dad, I could hear you and your voice calling out my name. What was happening there in the midst of the confusion and the distractions and the lostness he heard his father's voice because he recognized the voice of his father. I want to tell you, we live in a world that is lost and that is broken and is so distracted. But Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And I'm telling you today, online or in this room, God is knocking on the door of your heart. Your heavenly Father is speaking to you and wants a relationship with you, but you've got to open up the door of your heart to him. You can hear his voice. And I want to invite you to stand to your feet with me today. And I want to pray for you right where you're at, online or in the room, for you to actually have an impartation of grace to see and to hear. In fact, really tune in just for this moment. Listen in. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive their reward. I don't call myself a prophet, but there is prophetic grace in my life as I know that there are many people here, and Pastor John and others, when you receive someone and honor what is upon their life, you receive that grace. What's the grace of the prophetic? It's to see and to hear what God is saying and doing, right? When you receive a man of God or a woman of God, in that name, you receive that grace that is upon their life. And so right now in this room, I wanna invite you to close your eyes and online lift your hands. And I want to pray for you 
that today you're going to receive an impartation of faith and grace to see and to hear at a deeper level, at a specific level, with greater clarity than you've ever heard before in your life. Father, we come to you right now. Why don't you just lift your hands? We come to you right now. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your grace and your goodness and your mercy, O God. Your loving kindness that leads us to repentance and leads us closer to you. And we thank you, Lord, today that you want to speak to us even more than we want to hear from you. Father, just like that paintball experience where my ears were blocked and I couldn't hear. For some of us, there has been the buildup of residue of pain and brokenness and offense and all sorts of bitterness and issues and things that have blocked our ability, our capacity to hear your voice. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I'm speaking to every heart. And God, I'm asking right now that, Father, there would be such a collision and encounter with you that Spirit of God, you would remove the spiritual blockage, the residue, the buildup of offense. Lord, the, the works of the flesh that have distracted and dominated. Father, I'm asking today, open up our ears that we would hear your voice. Maybe not audibly, but at least in our spirit, man, at least in our heart, in our mind, I'm asking for inspired thoughts. I'm asking, oh God, as we open up your word daily and we read it and study it, Lord, let it move from Logos to Rhema. Let it move, oh God, to the inspired word. Let there be aha moments every time we open up your word. Let the anointing of the Spirit of God awaken our ears. Let the prophets arise. Let men and women of God discern the voice of the Spirit of God. Let there be an outbreak, O God, of wisdom and revelation, that we would know the hope to which we are called. Fill this house with the Spirit of prophecy. Fill every heart, O God, with the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Father, we're asking right now, pour it out, pour it out, pour it out in Jesus' name. Come on, just begin to worship Him. Begin to lift up your voice.